Thank you so much, Ro, for leading us in worship. My name is Michael, and I'm a pastor resident here at City Life Church. And before we get into our sermon, I have a couple announcements for us. But first, I'm going to say if you're new, I'm going to say welcome. Welcome to our online community. It's great to have you here. And I encourage you to say hi down in the chat. We're a lovely bunch. We love, we love to interact in the chat. I'm saying hi down there now. And I also encourage you to go to our website, clifenj.com slash new, or just click that button right there in the chat. Uh, fill out that form, and it's a great way for us to keep in contact with you. And in our church and in our in our body, the way we keep in contact is our missional communities. And that's our famous house communities on mission together. It is never a, a better time to get into an MC as of right now. With everything going on, with, with, the, with the world kind of hitting us um, isolated, it's, we have to come together as a church. We have to come together as a group. We have to study the word together as a group. And, that's, and this is what we do in our missional communities. Um, guys, here's where we live out to one another. We love one another. We encourage one another. We sharpen each other. Guys, um, if, you, if you're not in the MC, this is the time to get into one. For more information, go to our website, clfnj.com, slash missional-communities, or just click that button right down in the chat for more information. And giving is 100% online, guys. Our giving has just moved to 100% online. Um, so to give, go to the website, clfnj.com, slash give, or just click the button again down in the chat. Um, and give your amount there. Uh, super simple, super fast. And and, and I was, I'm saying this for months, and I keep saying it, guys. If you need help, please do not suffer in silence. This is not the time to be prideful. It's not the time to say I got it all together. Or if you know someone, right? If you know someone who is suffering or someone who needs help, uh, let us know. God has blessed us to be a blessing to others, not to just hoard it and, and keep the blessings He's given to us. He wants us to bless other people. So. If you know anyone who needs help or if you need help, email us at info at um, Send us your request and we will get back to you as soon as possible. And guys, I want to tell you again about the survey. We, we had a survey last week. Um, we want to know some things. We want to hear from you guys. We're, we're talking about two things mainly. We're talking about our prayer calls and also we're talking about gathering again, what that plan looks like. How do you feel about gathering again? We want to know your opinions. Um, Again, this, we're, we're, we're one body, and that's how we make all decisions. And just know when we do meet again, it's not going to be just like, hey, we're all here. I, I expect everyone to be here, right? We're going to do it slow. We're going to do it an alignment with the government. So everything is going to be in place. But I still want to see, we want to see where you guys are at. So that survey is right, the link right now. I'll put it down there. Guys, fill it out anytime during the sermon or after the sermon. Please uh, fill out that survey. It really means a lot. But all right, guys, uh, that's it for the announcements. And now let's get into the sermon. City Life Church, good morning. So glad that we can be together again. So happy that we're worshiping Jesus together, together again. So happy that we have this morning to dive in and to dig deep and go after these things together. The, if you're watching this video, it's because I'm here to tell you that we've enacted our baby page emergency plan. Uh, baby Paige is either here or she's almost here. She's on the way. And so we are, uh, I wanted to introduce to two more weeks of an interruption. I know this whole season lately has been about interrupting what we've been doing, partnering with what God has. Uh, and this, this isn't necessarily the same, but um, it's been in the works for about nine months now. And so um, this is what we're going to be doing as a church. For the next two weeks, we're going to put our Deepening Our Soul series 
aside. We're going to say, hey, first and second Peter, please wait a little bit longer, age a little bit more like a fine wine uh, to bring this word to us later on. But now we're going to be listening to two sermons, one from Pastor John Soper and one from Pastor Michael. Pastor Michael is going to take over and he's going to lead us through forgive another sermon on forgiveness, what forgiveness in Jesus looks like, how it changes everything about, about our lives and how it just challenges our heart um, and how God walks us through it. And so I'm so excited to hear these two words. Church, we will be back with First and Second Peter in two weeks. Uh, I just want to thank you all for your prayers and your support. We have leaned on this community, this family of ours. Uh, and so now we get to celebrate the birth of our baby girl. Uh, and so we love you. We miss you. We will be back together again soon. I can't wait for all of you to meet baby Paige. And so we'll see you soon. And let's give our hearts and our attention to what the Lord is doing through Pastor John Soper and Pastor Michael. Thank you, guys. Hey guys, it's me again. We're in our second week of our interruption series that Pedro just mentioned. We're in our second week. But guys, uh, great news. Baby Paige is here. Uh, so make sure you send Pedro and Anne some love, send them some texts and some, some video messages. Uh, make sure they know they're loved by our community. And here's a picture of Baby Paige right now. Her name is Paige Dietrich Reese. She is seven pounds and two ounces. Ann and Paige are doing great. And I just want to thank you guys so much for all your prayers for the Reese family. So beautiful. Guys, make sure you send them some love. But guys, let's get right into the sermon. Um, if you guys didn't hear from the announcements, my name is Michael. I'm the pastor resident here at Sea Life Church. And I'm going to preach something that's heavy, right? I'm going to start it off. This is a heavy message, uh, and this is a hard message. Um, but there's something that's been on my heart for a long time. And, and just know I'm preaching this uh, with a heavy heart. It's not out of arrogance. It's not out of pride that I've, I have accomplished this. Um, but this is something that's coming out of a, a heavy heart for me. And, and it's personal, as you guys will see. Um, but I want to start with this question. What does it mean to forgive someone? Right? Like, what, what does that mean? Because we, we hear it all the time, and we know this is what we're supposed to do as Christians, but what does that mean? I know for me personally, if I get into my own story, I was, the way I learned to forgive was this phrase. It was, forgive, but don't forget. Right? So, yeah, yeah, forgive, but but don't forget. Make sure you, you're you wise, you, you know what they did to you, right? Um, and, 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 as I grew up, I kind of realized, and as I became a Christian, these are what these terms meant. Like, I guess, forgive and don't forget, right? So forgive, it really meant that I'm not mad at you anymore, right? We're cordial. We're okay. Like, okay, it's like, all right, I'm not going to hold it against you in your face for the most part, um, but we, we're cordial. And then the, the part that says don't forget, um, that actually equals burden, Right? That, that's a burden that's always on my mind, always on me. It's like a weight on my back. Because I forgive you. I, I, I say I forgive you. We're cool. But I still have the burden on me. And here's how that translated for me. Right? I, I kept people at arm's distance. Okay? I, I don't let anyone get too close because I remember all my pain. I remember all the things that have hurt me. 
So I'm closed off. So I let people in, but only at a certain level. And it also caused me to become numb, right? Numb to things happening to me, numb to things around. I just, I, I was like, I can't feel. And, and I lastly, it gave me this chip on my shoulder, right? It gave me just this drive to prove people wrong who have, who have done me wrong or, uh, or to prove people wrong who have doubted me in the past. So to wrap it up in one word, the way I learned to forgive, um, it, it turned into bitterness, right? It turned into this root of bitterness that, that is really the root of unforgiveness, right? So my whole life I've been, <laughs> people say forgive but don't forget, but that's actually unforgiveness. That's not releasing. That's not forgiving someone fully. And I knew something was wrong because when I, when I read the scriptures and when people forgave, there was freedom, right? When they forgave, they were lighter. When they forgave, there was freedom there. But when I forgave, it felt like I was more in bondage, right? Everything became heavier. Everything became tighter when I did my forgive but don't forget thing that I, that I grew up hearing my whole life. And this story really came to a head in my relationship with my father. And, and my father, he left my house when I was four years old, um, on drugs, abusive to my family. And he's really been in and out of my life my whole entire life. Um, I have glimpses of his face, um, but, but not many. And the one story where it came to a head is like, my sister and I were driving down, we're driving down the White Horse Pike, right? I remember like it was yesterday. It was like a highway. We're driving down and she gets a call from my dad. Right, and you know the new, the cards has it on the 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 speaker on the car, so we can both hear. Um, so she picks up the phone, and my dad's from the south, so I heard his country accent. Hey, how you doing? You know, he has that weird country accent, but I I hear that, you know, and I instantly become tight, right? Instantly become up more, mean face, um, and, and we're driving down. She's talking with him, um, and she's kind of snapping on him, like, Hey, why don't you? You have other kids as well. Just don't call me, right? And, and my dad, so he goes to explain. He doesn't know I'm there, but he goes to explain to yeah, you know, um, your older brother, your younger brother. Like yeah, I, I feel like that we're we're okay. But with Michael, I feel like he still has not forgiven me. I feel like he still doesn't. You know, there's something blocking us there. You know, he's he says it. He doesn't know I'm there, but he says this. So we're driving down, and then she hangs up, and then the whole rest of the ride is silent. And, you know, she gets, we get to my house and, you know, we start to have a conversation. Um, she starts to say, like, you know, hey, talk to me. What's, what's going on? What's, um, what's happening? And I just start to go, like, man, like, he, he's saying all that stuff, but he doesn't show it in his actions. Right? And my sister's like, why don't you just give him a chance? And I said, I, I, and, I, and in my heart, this is, I remember saying this. Because I was like, there's nothing he can say or do that can justify his action that he did towards me, right? There, there's nothing. There's nothing he can say. Like, I don't want to hear what he has to say because what, what can he say? He can say, sorry, that doesn't mean nothing to me, right? He can say all these things, but that doesn't mean nothing to me. He cannot justify his actions. And that's what I live for a long time. And we'll get to the end of that story, but um, I, I want to talk in this sermon. I want to answer two questions. And the first question is this. What does it mean to forgive someone biblically? Right? What does that mean when we say to forgive someone using the scriptures, using the word of God? What does that mean? 
And the second question is this. Will God forgive me if I don't forgive others? Before we get to the word, let's pray. Let's go before the Lord. Um, because again, God, this is a heavy word. It's a lot of my heart. I don't know where our emotions are going to be during the sermon. So let's pray. Let's come to God and ask his spirit to be here with us. Even though it's through the, the video, please that his spirit can transcend all those things. So let's pray. Please, please pray with me. God, I'm coming to you now with a heavy heart. As someone who has feel like they're beaten down. And I ask for your spirit to fill me. I ask for your spirit to, to say the words um, that I don't come off arrogant. I don't come off mean or insensitive because I know how much pain is in the world. I know how much people are hurt in the world. And as I look at your word and preach this message, it can come off the wrong way. So I pray that the people who are watching this video see my heart. They see your heart through me. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for praying with me. Uh, now, Janine is going to read our scripture for this week, and then we'll come back and we'll dive right into it. So, guys, here's Janine. Good morning, City Life. My name is Janine, and today I'll be reading from Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Janine, for reading the word for us. But let's dive right into it. Verse 21 says this. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Right? And when we go to that, what is Peter really asking here? Right? Let's, let's go down and see what he's really asking. And he's really saying, how often 
will I do I have to forgive my brother, my Christian brother who sins against me, right? How often will I have to do that? Because we have to know in the beginning of Matthew 18, the first 20 verses, Jesus is setting up how he wants his kingdom to run, how he wants his church to run on earth. And, and this is radically different than what they're used to, right? And he's really setting up humility. He, he wants them to be humble. He, he talks to them about the Matthew 18 protocol about forgiveness. If someone sins against you, you go to them and say and ask forgiveness. And, and, and Peter's like, how many times? Because, you know, Jewel's law is three times and I don't have to forgive them anymore, right? So as Christians, maybe it's seven, right? It's seven times we have to forgive them. Is that right, Jesus? Seven? And Jesus says to him, he says, I do not say, right? Verse 22, I do not say. And he's, when he says that, it's like, oh, it's an indicator that he's setting up something new, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, I do not say this, but now is this, right? He's setting up a new command. So he says this, verse 22 says this, Jesus says to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times, right? What is Jesus saying here, right? Is it really want us to count 77 times? No, he's saying that love does not keep records of wrong, right? This is something new. When we love each other, we don't, we don't keep track. We don't have tally. When someone does wrong and, and they definitely they reach out for forgiveness, you forgive them. But he doesn't just stop there because he could have. He could have stopped there and like, okay, let's go on with the rest of the day. But he does what most of the writers of the New Testament do, right? They give you command. And then explain why we should follow that in light of the gospel, right? In light of what the Father has done for us, in light of what Jesus has done for us, this is why you need to act this way. And that brings me right to my first point, the merciful king. Verse 23 says this, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. Right? So, okay, now we see what we got here, right? We have a parable. And what the parable is, is an illustration that is symbolic and is pointing to something else, right? It's pointing to something else. Jesus says this parable represents, what did he say in verse 23? May be compared, therefore, the kingdom of heaven, right? Jesus is saying this parable is about the kingdom of heaven. So as we're going to read through it. Janine did a great job reading it. But we're going to read through again. And as we read through it, we're going to see, we're going to plug in the things we're going to see. What does this represent? What does that represent? But I will do this as we go along. Verse 23 says this again. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle accounts with his servants, right? Right off the bat, who's the king, right? God. The, the king is God through Christ, right? Um, Christ is, God through Christ is going to judge the world. So the king is God. And then it says accounts, right? The king is going to settle his accounts. What are the accounts? The accounts are the judgment, Right? Uh, Romans 14, 12 says this. So each of us will give an account for himself to God, right? We're all going to stand before the creator. The God who created you, we're all going to stand before him. And we're going to have to give account for our lives, right? Every word spoken, right? Every deed done, every thought, thought, we're going to have to give account to God for those things. Everything that is dark will come to light, right? And also in, in this verse 23, we have the servants. Who are the servants? The servants are humanity, right? We all belong to God. Whether we want to accept it or not, whether we think it's true or not, 
We all belong to God. And we were created to do his will. What is his will? For his glory, not ours. Very simple. Right? You were not made to be worshipped by God, but you were made to worship God. We are all God's servants. Verse 24 says this. When he began to settle, one was brought into him who owed him 10,000 talents, right? So now we have a case, right? We have a case. Now, so now in the parable, it was broad. Now we're bringing it in. We have a case. And this one servant, right? He owes him 10,000 talents, right? So, okay, let's break it down. What is the talent? One talent, right? Check this. One talent equals 15 years of work. 15 years of work is one talent. How many talents did the servant owe him? 10,000, right? He owed him 10,000 talents. So what is Jesus trying to illustrate in this point? What is Jesus illustrating with the 10,000 talents? And it's, and it's really very simple. This was a debt that cannot be paid off. This was a debt that cannot be paid off in his own effort to the master. There was no way this guy would be able to pay this debt off. Verse 25. And since he could not pay, right? We just said that. He cannot pay. This debt cannot pay. He cannot satisfy his Lord. And I'm going to stop here for a moment and ask a question. What is religion? And religion is a system of like, and I would even say iterocracy of us thinking we can pay back. 10,000 talents in one lifetime. And, and this is about all man-made religions. If you really look at them, to the core of all man-made religions, is really, is this here, what we see in the scripture. Is a man trying to pay back God? I'm trying to do my good deeds to go to heaven. Right? And that's why Christianity stands apart and says, you know what, there's nothing you can do. It's only what God did for you. Right? Just a little nugget in there. Verse 25. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had until payment could be made. Right? So back in this time, when if you had a debt and you could not pay it, you had to work out that debt. You had to work for it. Right? And since this debt was so big, not only was he sold right into slavery, it was his wife and his children and everything he had was sold to pay off that debt. Now, remember, this is a parable. What does this represent? This represents hell, right? This represents conscious torment forever. And that's the result of trying to pay off your own debt. That's the only way we can satisfy the wrath of God in our own strength is hell. Verse 26. So the servant fell to his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. What is he saying here? What is he saying? He said, have mercy on me. Do not give me what I deserve. Have mercy on me. Please, I'm begging you. You're the only one who can do it. Have mercy on me. Verse 27. And out of compassion for him, right? You hear that language? Some, some words just say it's pity, but, but this word, it's not the pity in, in which we think. It's really translating into compassion. And, and, and I want to say, this is God's attitude when we ask for forgiveness every single time. It's compassion. 
This is God's attitude towards us. And out of compassion for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave his debt. Right? This is, he, he released him and forgave his debt. So, so let's look at the first question here again. Remember the first question we had in the beginning. What does it mean to forgive someone biblically? To forgive someone is to let it go. To release them. To, to cast it off. And, you, and you got, now you see the, the difference in how I grew up in forgiveness. Where it was like, don't forget. Put it on your back. This one is drop. Let it go. To cancel. To, to, make, sure, to make that person no longer accountable to the debt they have. That's what it means to be forgiven. He is free, right? Even though he offered, he said, you know what? I'll try to pay this back. I'll, uh, I'll do what I can. Please give me some more time. And God's saying, the, the king is saying, no. You know what? I'm just going to wipe it away. Don't ever try to do it, right? God doesn't, and we see in the Old Testament, God doesn't like religion, right? Don't try to do it with your sacrifices and your things like that. Be obedient, right? Sorry, I'm getting into other things, right? But he's saying, you're free. I'm letting you go. I'm releasing you. And man, this guy walks out. He's free. His wife's free. His children's free. You know, his stuff. He still have his stuff. And he has no more debt on his heart, on his, on his mind. And we're going to see how this servant treats others now that he's been given an extraordinary amount of forgiveness. And that brings me to my second point. The unmerciful servant. Verse 28 says this, but when the same servant went out, so the same guy, he went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him. All right. So, so here's the situation, right? We, we have a, a king. He wants to settle accounts with the servant. Then he have a, a case. The servant comes in, owes him 10,000 talents, amount he could not pay. He pleads, asks for forgiveness. The king responds and forgives him and frees him from any obligation and now we have that same guy. He went out. And as soon as he left the king's palace, he went to go find someone who owed him money. Man, I, I can't wait to see how he's going to treat this person. Right? How he's going to treat the person who he owes money to. Let's see. How, uh, how can he treat someone who he can relate to? Right? Because the king, he never owed anyone money. At, never. He never owed money. But yet he has this merciful heart, this forgiveness. Um. So he went to his fellow servant who owed him a uh, hundred denarii, right? Also, stop. What is a, again, we're talking in terms, what is a hundred denarii, right? So one denarii is two days wages, right? So a hundred denarii is okay. That's like 200 days. That's less than a year, right? And, and what is Jesus illustrating during this point? What is he saying? But he only owed him a hundred denarii. That's some change, right? That's, you know, that's, that's some change. But what Jesus is saying is this, that can be paid off. Right, if the guy asks forgiveness, or he asks for mercy, for giving him some more time, in a year or two, he can three, he can pay that debt off. So what Jesus is trying to explain here is this: this debt can be paid off. But let's see how how the servant responds. Let's see what he does here. So he owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, "Pay me what you owe. <laughs> pay what." You owe, right? And and when I, when I as I as I read this, I was like, man, this is the spirit of entitlement, right? This is the spirit of entitlement. Because it, it's funny when he was standing before the king, 
His this wasn't his attitude. He had a total different approach when he was standing in front of the king. When he had a burden on him, the attitude was different. And it's crazy where when we see a, a, a situation or we see something from afar, we want to cry out, justice, justice, justice. Give him the hammer, all right? That's what we want to cry out when we see it from afar. But when we're in a hot seat, the, the attitude shifts. And, and it's, have mercy on me, please, right? It's funny how that happens. And, and what Jesus is saying here, that us as believers, even if we are in the position to have that justice, mercy should always be on our mind every single time. Let's go to verse 29. So his fellow servant uh, fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Right? Sounds, sounds familiar? <laughs> right? This sounds very familiar. This should have logged his memory to what just happened. But we have pride and we have the spirit of entitlement there. And I just want to say, man, how quickly do we forget what God has done for us? How quickly do we forget that? Verse 30 says this. He refused and, and went and put him in prison until he can pay the debt. Justice. I want justice. I want my money. Right? I would never forgive you. Pay your debt. Pay me what you owe. Right? And, and when we read the story, we see like, man, like how can how can this guy, like, how can we do this? Again, when we read it and we see it in other people, we see how flawed it is. But I can honestly say when we're in it, we're blind to it. Right? And, and that was me. Um that was me. And um, I want to talk to the heart of people who have unforgiveness in their heart. Right? I'm, I'm kind of preaching hard. I'm kind of preaching like, yeah, you should get it. But let me speak to the heart. And, and I just want to say that God sees you. God sees us. And for a long time, I thought that if I forgave my pops, he would think it's okay. Like, okay, everything is cool now. But I'm here to tell you, that's not the case. Even if you forgive, forgiveness is not making sure things are okay. That's not what it is, right? Your hurt, your pain matters. And God sees you in, in, and he's in that with you. But what God is saying is he wants you to be free. He wants you to get that weight off your back. He wants us to experience love in our lives. Right, so I'm in that car with my sister, and I'm saying, like, again, I'm saying the same thing. I want justice. He can't justify his actions. All the all the mess up things he's done to us as a not just me, to my whole family. Like, I, no, 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 no. And my sister hit me with this one line. She said, "What if God said that to you? What if the way you're treating our father right now is the way that God treats you when you come to forgive him? And it clicked. I said, oh. I went right to the story, right? I said, I'm the unmerciful servant. That's, that's me. God has forgiven me a, a great debt. And now I go to a fellow man. Yeah, I've been hurt. Like, Again, that's God sees our heart. But man, like, what if God did treat me that way? 
what if God did treat me that way? I, I would have, I, I wouldn't know what to do. It would be, I can't work for it. There's no way, I, there's no way like I can be good if God didn't treat me that way. So, man, this and, and this was the first step in the walking of, okay, I get it now. I get what God's grace has done for me. I get the forgiveness every day. I offend God and I pray to him how they can start the process of him freeing me. I get it now because I look to him. I look to the cross. And that brings me right into my third point. From the heart. Verse 31 says this. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had been taking place, right? And, and, and they're not gossiping here. They're not saying, oh, look what's happening. They're like, no, something something is not right here, right? This guy who's just been forgiven, and, and they probably have been forgiven too by this king, right? They probably have seen the love of this king. It's like, why is he treating his fellow servant like that? Nah, something's not right. I'm going to talk to the king. Verse verse 32. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, right? Someone who has just confessed their need for mercy is, is acting in a double standard. Right, God, I, every night I, I go to your bedside, I need your forgiveness, right? I, 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 I need it. Right? Any goodness in my life is because of you. Any bad in my life, I repent um, because it's not of you. Need that every single day, and we all do. Right? This guy was living a double life, and God called him out for it. He, he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you pleaded with me. And verse 33 says this, And should not have you have had mercy on your fellow servant? As I have had mercy on you. Here's the key principle. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God's expectation for us is to live and treat others in light of how God has treated us. But then you ask the question, how has God treated us? Matthew 18 verses 3 and 4. Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children... You will never enter the kingdom of God. Whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. God views us as precious children, right? Who often forget, who often need to be reminded, who come to him messy with things on our heart. That's how he treats us, as precious children. And that's how we should treat those who are around us. Verse 34. And in his anger, the master delivered him to the jailers until he can pay off all his debt. How long would it take him to pay off that debt? We already talked about it. Eternity. Right? It's going to take him eternity to pay off. Again, that's the only way that we can justify, the only way that justice can be served is for conscious torment to pay off the debt that we have towards God. For the wages of sin is death. Verse 35. So also my heavenly father would do for every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And wrapping this up, let's go back to Peter's 
first question. Peter's first question was this. Lord, how often must I forgive my brother? Right? How often is a Christian obligated to forgive another Christian? And what Jesus is saying here every single time. And, and we see that it's not just your Christian brothers. It's everyone that I have enabled you to become in contact with, a.k.a. your neighbors, right? That's, that's what that word means. Everyone in your spirit of influence, everyone that God has encountered you to uh, encounter is your neighbor. And, and God calls believers to believers who have been eternally forgiven to forgive others in light of how he has treated us. We have to get this parable. We have to, we can't really comprehend, right? We can't comprehend how much God has forgiven us. We cannot. Who's never been offended. He's never offended anyone. But yet he shows his love to us. And what he's saying is, hey, you can relate to people who have hurt you. Because you, first of all, you have hurt me and you have hurt other people. So he expects us to act different. And this is going to be hard to say, but please hear my heart on this. I'm not saying this out of pride or arrogance. But if God, who has never sinned against anyone, can humbly forgive us, then who do we think we are to not forgive others? Right? We have to get that. When we decide that we're not going to forgive, we're actually putting ourselves above God. We're putting ourselves on a higher level than God. We view it as being a victim. Like, no, 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 no. I have the right to be hurt. I have the right to not forgive because this person has hurt me so bad, you can't even imagine. My question is, where do we find that in the scriptures? We don't. Do you have a right to hurt? Yeah. Do you have a right to feel pain and anger? Yeah. Do you have a right to not forgive? No. And again, I'm saying this with a tough heart because it's... It's like, as I look at my own life, like, I get it. Like, and again, I'll say it again, because this is really hard for me to understand. Like, if I forgive Pops, it's, it seems like it's okay, but that's not true, right? Because there's a scar on your heart. And I want you to know God sees that. He sees that, right? It's not, it's not okay. But we don't, that doesn't give us the right to live in our forgiveness. Verse 35 says this. So also my Heavenly Father will do for every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now here's the second question. Will God forgive me if I don't forgive others? Right? Is that where, is that where can I lose my salvation, right? And, and I really, I don't want a candy coat scripture. Right, because I've never been one to do that. The text is clear. But, but, but here's what I want to say, because it's not so black and white as I would want it to be or think it is. Here's what I want to say. There is a difference between refusing to forgive someone and starting the process of forgiveness. Forgiveness will require a process of healing 
and of constantly fighting to get back to that place of forgiveness. But it starts with a conscious act of the will, the mind to obey what the Bible tells us to do. When will we as a church start to let the Spirit of God transform our hearts so that when we forgive, man, that people look at it and they say, that's only by the power of God that that person was able to forgive. And I will say this, if you, if you don't forgive, if you are refusing to forgive, it's either one or two options. It is A, you don't understand the gospel fully, or B, you don't believe in the gospel. You don't believe in the good news that God has done for us. And man, I'm not going to lie, that was me. That was me as I was explaining to my sister why I will not forgive. But she had to remind me of the gospel. She had to remind me of what God has done for me, what God does for me every day. The gospel is just not the one-time act, a one-time event that I can say, oh, this is why I'm saved because I believed in the gospel when I was nine. Right? That's, that's not it. It's active. It's every day. Remembering the gospel, believing in the gospel, believing in what God has done for us. That's the gospel. And this is why Christians need the gospel too, right? You might need a rehashing of the gospel because it reminds you of what Christ has done for you. And with that overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, this is what God does for me. Forgiving people, again, it won't be easy, but you can start that process. Right? And forgiveness really starts in prayer. Like, God, like, I have this hate in my heart and I can't shake it. I can't, like, I, I, I need your spirit to help me. I believe, please help my unbelief. Help me forgive. That's how forgiveness started for me. And that's how forgiveness starts for most people. It's not just one, and again, sometimes it's like, I forgive you instantly. But again, it's a process of healing and constant fighting to get back to that place. You're never more like Satan than when you gossip and slander. And you are never more like Jesus than when you forgive and let it go. I want to say a quote that we learned uh, last week from Pastor John Soper. He says this. He said that forgiveness is not an emotion. It's an act of the will. Right? It's, a, it's an act of the will. But trust me, you need the Spirit's help. Don't try to do it alone. That's religion. Forgiveness starts in prayer. Let's pray, guys. Father, this is such a difficult topic. And this is such a heavy topic that's still pressing on my heart and pressing on the heart of many people who are, who are watching this. And I pray for your, your spirit of comfort to come on us, even if we're rejecting the message, even if we're fighting the message. even God, just be with us. Help us to show us your gospel in a way we've never seen before. Show us your love in a way we've never experienced it before. Show us, like, just open our minds to everything you have done for us to help us forgive those in our way. And when the world looks and sees the church living in forgiveness, they will say, it is only by God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, guys, as we jump into MCs, um, I want to give us our prompt question for today, but I just want to say thank you uh, just for allowing me to share and just for hearing my heart on that message. I, I know it was hard. I know it was tough at times, um, but please see my heart. Please hear my heart. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard message. I'm still wrestling through it myself, um, but we need this as a church. We need to live in this. This is God's best for us. And I only have one prom question today, and I only have one because I really want everyone to answer this, right? Uh, I know sometimes in prompts we don't, you know, we, we don't want to answer all the questions, things like that. But this is one where I want, hey, I want everyone to go around and, and answer this because this it, it starts with prayer. It starts together. There's not something to do by yourself. And, and my question is this: Who is one person that you need to start the process of forgiveness? All right, and I say start the process because if I say if I just say, hey, who do you need to forgive? Like, oh, I need to forgive this person, but I don't know, right? Uh, or I can't do it like in one sitting. Like some people, you can't even imagine you can forgive, and that's why you have to start the process of forgiving. What? Who do you need to start the process with? Who? As I'm preaching, as I was preaching the sermon, who was the one person that kept coming to your mind? Like, man, or you tried to get them out, right? Who was that one person that you need to start the process of forgiveness? And even if it don't go the way you think it's going to go, who do you need to start that process with? Guys, thank you so much. Um, we're next week, we'll get back to our regular schedule program. We're going through uh, First and Second Peter. Uh, can't wait to get back into that. But this week, guys, I believe you guys want you to focus on this, wrestle with this all week. And I will see you guys on the MC Calls. Thank you, guys.